Bonjour, bonjour, mes rebelles intelligents. I'm here with Kate Strong. Hello, Kate. What's up? Very good, thank you. How are you? I'm fantastic. So, Kate, uh, we did an interview for my French channel, and it was in French because you speak very good French, even though you're British and also Merci. Australian, right? British and Australian, yeah. Yes. And I wanted to interview you in English because you have such a fantastic story to share. So can you, uh, because, okay, let's just break the suspense here. Uh, what did you do? What did you achieve? Um, I was age group world champion in triathlon. So in 14 months when I started to train, swimming, cycling and running, by the end of that, I was number one in the world in long distance triathlon. Can you believe that? So just so I'm, I'm sure that everyone understands, you discovered triathlon at what age? 34. And 14 months later, you were worldwide champion of it. How cool is that? And uh, you didn't stop there because also you became the first woman to uh, do 24 hours of uh, cycling, right? On a static bicycle. Right. So I didn't go anywhere. Yeah, but, yeah. but in a row. Yeah. Mean, yeah. yeah. You had a few breaks to like refresh and stuff like that, but... Uh, was the first very woman in the world. Yes. So we are we are with the serenity right here. <laughs> okay. So can you uh, first explain what did you do before going to triathlon? What what was your your life? Um, quite. I was quite a normal life. So I went to university. I did. I studied in France. So I got a double masters in mechanical engineering, and worked in aerospace. And realized that a normal life just wasn't for me. So that's when I moved to Australia and I bought a dilapidated building with my then partner and we converted it into a guest house, restaurant, wine bar and events. And when our relationship sort of broke down, that's the day I sort of sat down and had a real recalibration in my life and went, for nine years you've been working really hard to build this million dollar business but you've sacrificed so much and mm. it's just not in balance. Like you, you've got all of this assets, but you're sad. So what's the one thing that would make your heart sing, Kate? And when I look back, I realized it was getting back balance to so being out in nature, swimming, cycling and running and just discovering my body again. Um, and that's what I did. So before that, I was an engineer, a business owner and uh, just lived a normal life going out with friends. And that's so, what I did. So you, uh, when you say normal life, you mean like the typical life of a stressed uh, entrepreneur, right? So you were working like maybe, I don't know, 60 hours a week, something Minimum, like that? Seven Minimum. Seven days a week, yeah. Wow. So you don't have time to, yeah, like do sports and enjoy. Well, yeah. I did. Oh, you did. But I believed I didn't. Ah, interesting. You know, I haven't got time. I'm too stressed. Don't ask me to do that. But then when I decided to do triathlon, nothing changed in my circumstances. I still had my guest house. Mm. I still had no money and no time. Mm. I just made time. And that's, that's interesting. the difference. Yeah. We'll go back to that because it's so interesting. And yeah, usually it's often a paradox. Like people say, I'm too, I'm too busy. I don't have time to do sport, to meditate. And they don't realize that to have more time in their lives, they need to do sport and to meditate and they will be more focus more happy and more productive too yeah right so how did you discover triathlon and how did you get the idea of becoming a worldwide champion so fast well let's rewind a little bit in 2005 mm -hmm. i did a half ironman so that's i wanted to be an ironman after traveling for a year 
and um, I did a half. And I started to believe. So, what is Ironman? For okay. People so, know? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's a sort of dis distances. So, it's a 3.8 kilometer swim, mm -hmm. followed by a 180 kilometer cycle, <clears throat> and then you finish off with a marathon. So, 42.2 kilometer run. And it's a definition of triathlon, right? That's a distance, a set distance. There's five different distances. That's just the longest swim, we'll say. Okay. So, I did a half. And, and then people in my life were saying, you've done really well. You can stop now. You've did, done... did you prepare for that? Not really. Really? A lot of, a lot of imagination, okay. like visualization, but not a lot of act. I finished, I finished dead. Like I was, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, and you were definitely not, not first, right? Hell, no. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> no. I, did, I finished and they'd run out to finish the t-shirts. So that's how far back I was. Okay. But I completed it. Mm -hmm. And all my friends and family were like, you've done so well, you don't have to do any more. And I believed them. And that's when I stopped. So now go back, go forward 10 years, and I'm looking for something to do in my life to really reignite the passion for living. And I remembered I gave up on that dream. And I said, well, what if you just try it again, Kate? Because you, today, I'm the youngest I'll ever be in my life. So if I don't start I like today, yeah. when are you going to start? So it was a way for you to like uh, heal a little bit after your separation and to like enjoy life again. Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah, awesome. I like this. You will never be as young as now. Yes, <laughs> That's today. so true. It is. Okay, so okay, so you decided to, to go back to it. So what, what's next? What did you do? Well, I put on my trainers and I ran. And That's it. And I think half a mile into running, I stopped. My lungs were on fire. My legs were red. <laughs> I couldn't see. I was losing vision. I could still see the house. So I just walked back home and went, yeah, we need to do this a bit more. <laughs> wow, okay. So after, you know, three, four times a week, after finishing work at 9 p.m., I'd put my head torch on and I'd run just a little bit further and just a little bit further. And then I could run to the end of the road without stopping. And then I could return without stopping, and it and it built on from that. So your goal was to just complete an Ironman at this time. You didn't want to be a world champion. Well, I actually said I want to be a world champion. Really, from the start. Yeah. It yeah. seems very ambitious when you're like an overwork uh, entrepreneur, and uh, you just like a few weeks ago you felt you didn't have time, and uh, yeah. so what made you set up this ambitious goal? Um, I was invited to do a TEDx talk in the, in the local school mm -hmm. and that's when I said, who am I to cap my potential? Hmm, interesting. So, I, I so said, one of the yeah, talk inspired you? My own talk inspired oh, me. Oh, you own talk? That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I thought, yeah, I'm right. Oh, actually, I should apply my own advices. Yeah, yeah, good. Yeah. Yeah. So if I said I want to just finish it, do you know what? I'll just finish it. If I say I want to be top 100, you know what? I'll be top 100. Mm. And I have no idea if I could have been 99th or 95th. But if I just say I want to be number one, not with ego, not like I deserve it, but just just go, go for it, Kate, and see where you end up. Because I might end at 50th, but I would never have ended at 50th if I was aiming for 100. Right. So I said, just do it. Just aim for the, aim for the stars and you might reach the moon. But you'll never get to the stars if you don't. And so you, you, you decided to train a lot, but at the time you, you still had this uh, break, uh, break uh, 
breakup? Uh, no, not this, uh, this uh, like host, hostel, right? Yeah. So yeah. how did you do to organize and uh, did you just magically find time? Yeah. Yeah? I, I have some very supportive friends. So at the beginning, you imagine, I can't run a mile. I say, I want to be number one in the world. And you're like, yeah, Kate. <laughs> I imagine that, I mean. You know, what are you drinking? You know, <laughs> I have some too. Um, so, but over, because every day they saw me in the morning at four in the morning before work, running up and down that road or cycling up and down the street or, you know, going to the local swimming pool or every day, day in, day out, slowly the whole village started to believe me. Mm. Or she might not make number one in the world, but she might, you know, make nationals or they, something. They saw you were dedicated. Yeah, so they, they started to believe my journey and to come along and go, how can we help? Mm. Oh, really? So some people would then come and watch the guests, so I'd make all the rooms. Wow, awesome. Because it's quite physically demanding with a guest house, so you know, make the rooms and clean the, the beds and the, the bathrooms. And they would sit there just to make sure the guests were welcomed, so that they all started to support me in my dream, which gave me more time. But I still wake up at four in the morning and go running for two, three hours before work or cycle. Wow. And then 8, 9 p.m. at night after all the guests were settled, I'd then do the same. So What? You were turning after 9 p.m.? Yeah. That's... But okay, so you, you went to bed at like midnight? Some, sometimes, yeah. And, and you were uh, waking up at uh, 4 a.m. So did you sleep for four hours? Uh, Pretty much, yeah. No way. For how long? Two years. And so you, the type of person is that who can do that? Yeah, I, I always listen to my body. So I, I usually had a half hour, maybe one hour siesta in the day. Mm. And that was enough. But it's the nutrition as well. So I started to play. I ate healthy, like everyone, you know, a little bit of everything's good for you. Mm -hmm. But I realized if I ate some things, my body recovered quicker. So I could get more from my training or I would fall asleep better if I didn't eat certain things before dinner or before bed. So I really played with my food until I found the perfect support because food is fuel. Basically, it's to help right. us or poison us. That's the, the short of it. So I found things that just fueled me to give me what I needed in order to be always not just healthy, but so far away from being unhealthy that I, there was never a question of me not getting the most from my body. So what was your typical uh, dish, the typical meal? Uh, well, or the magical recipe you found that uh, enhanced your sleep and performances? It's actually the order you eat things. Uh -huh. So for coffee or stimulants, should we say, so caffeine teas, only between 10 a.m. and 2 p.m. So ne never before and never after. So mm. I know... I, my body always produced its own chemicals to wake me up because if you drink it in the morning your body stops producing that and you become addicted and dependent and afterwards that's when it starts to interrupt your sleep patterns and um, in the morning I would always have beetroot juice, orange juice and then I would eat. So beetroot juice helps your muscle recovery, orange juice helps you absorb iron and uh, I'd also add chia seeds, which is a great source of omega as well as calcium. So I made sure I always started with an overdose of vitamins and minerals and nutrients. So afterwards, my body was like sucking in the goodness. 
Hmm. So, so how did you discover that? Did you read a lot of books? Did you do a lot of experiments? Was it a combination of both? Yeah, so I trial and error. Mm -hmm. I see what I see what works on me. And, and how did you see that? It was just feelings? Did you write in a journal? It was it was feelings. Okay. And then I back it up with scientific I'm you know, engineer, I need to know if it's just me or if it's mm. the truth. Right. I'd read white papers that are not sponsored by companies. So I knew that they were independent. Hmm. So it, 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 the white papers gave you ideas to of food to try and then you, you saw if it yeah. would be, have a good impact or not. Yeah, both ways. So sometimes I'd do something and go, wow, I feel great, or, oh, I feel shit. Yeah. And then I'd see why, or I'd read something and go, oh, I'm going to try that. So yeah, they both helped each other. So you credit this diet to help you, like, help you a lot to sleep less and to have time to do all, all the training. Yeah. And, and it's so interesting what you share also about all these people are like, trying to help you. It's like, often something that people I can see when you set up a very big goal and people see your research about it like the universe sometimes conspires to help you it's like some people go as far as saying it's like the law of attraction but you don't even have to say that it's just like people want to help when they see someone like that is really ambitious and struggles yeah. to, to achieve that so wow and so did you um, uh, hire a trainer or ask someone to, to train you or did you do that all by yourself? I did have a trainer who uh -huh. sent me, but I never met her. What? So she sent me every week <clears throat> an Excel spreadsheet of what, what to do. So she, she was like the voice in the cloud. Yeah. <laughs> Watching yeah. you from above. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'd look at it, I'd compare, compare what she's asked me with my work schedule and change it the way to make sure I could do it. Because you couldn't find any anyone uh, in your village, right? No. I you lived you were in, living in a small one? I lived in the mountains. Oh. So there was 2,000 people and it was it's a beautiful village, but it's more retirement and you go there to relax. Mm. Lots of artists, but not, not too many people who want to go running or cycle for 100 kilometers at four in the morning. So, right. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so, but so you were mostly by yourself. Uh, so, did you use like uh, what? What did you use to stay motivated? Because I'm sure some at some point you were like, maybe it's too hard. I, yeah. What if I just you know drop it? Um, well, at the beginning, it was just the drive to feel alive. You know, like yeah. for me, it was almost catching up nine years because I felt that I'd been so focused on my business mm -hmm. that I'd lost life. Which it, so it was more a it was more an anger that kept me going. Like you have to do this. You've got to explode back into living but afterwards it was my why it was re realizing so i had five words that i use as a mantra which was focus love journey passion and inspire and so that's what i wanted to create in my life and also to use my life so follow my light because you're inspiring others and there's a beautiful story um one of my last training sessions it was in winter I just cycled 180 kilometers. Mm -hmm. I was so cold, I couldn't even undo my shoes. Oh, really? So my friend, Brett is his name, he helped take my shoes off and he said, are you, you know, are you gonna, you, are you gonna stop? And I went, well, no, I have to run 30 kilometers. Wow. And so he put my trainers on for me. I got a running jacket and I left. And I used to run along the railway line because it was one of the very few flat places in, where I lived albeit covered in gravel. So I was running along the railway track in the dark with my head torch. And then I saw a light behind me and it was Brett on his bicycle. 
because he realised that I was so cold and tired, I wasn't, there's a possibility of me falling. Cool. So and as I was running with watching my light, he had shined his light in front of me. And I started to cry because I realised in that moment that I, I was following my own path and I'd inspired and lit up everyone else's light. And it was now their light that was shining on my journey to make sure that I succeeded. Wow. And so it was just everyone supporting everyone. And from there, Brett competed in, in sports that he never thought he did. Other friends of mine set up businesses. And, you know, it, it inspired everyone to look into their own lives and go, well, if she can do it, there's nothing stopping me now there, is there? Awesome. So it was just amazing. So, and... So it's amazing because you inspire other people to like do something with their life. I mean, do something like ambitious. And uh, it, it also created like a positive social pressure on you because they were looking at you as a role model and you couldn't fail them, right? Completely. Right, because you knew like if you would like drop it, a lot of people would do observe with their dreams too. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. it's a lot of responsibility, but it gives you also a lot of energy, right? Definitely. So it's also a hack people can use when they have this uh, very ambitious goal and is to like uh, just uh, shout it to tell everyone you know about it so you create this kind of a, a positive social pressure and back it up with action yeah right important because they never believed the words until every day for a week or a month it depended each person was different but yeah then they saw me doing it and went i believe her now so yeah whatever you say do action with it yeah. Right. When I launched my, my blog in French with this goal of uh, reading and uh, 52 uh, amazing books in one year and publishing a summary every week, it's, uh, I just I made it a very, very public goal and it helped me a lot to mm. like be motivated to do it because every day or almost every day, someone will comment or send an email saying, so where are you with uh, this uh, amazing project? How, how is it going? So it's like, okay, I cannot procrastinate too much because a lot of people are watching me now. Yeah. So that's cool. So this speaks a thin book, but you still did it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so um, you also, I think, I remember from the uh, interview we did in French that you also, you, you did train with some friends at the beginning, right? Yeah. Yes. And yeah. so can you share a little bit what, what did what, what did you do with them and uh, did it help you to stay motivated at the beginning? Yeah, so um, one, of the, one of the sort of training competitions I set in the middle was to run an ultra marathon. So it was just great to go out and run with friends in the, well, in, in the forest. So, so in the what is ultra marathon? It's more than 42? Yes. I mean, I just did more. I did 50 kilometers, not 42 kilometers. Ah, okay, 50. So anything over a marathon is called an ultra. Ah, okay, um, so that was your first goal as a step? Yeah. Towards the Iron yeah. Man. Uh, okay. I, like, I'm sure you know this, but, uh, and you do it in your life, but I always wanted to be just outside my comfort zone. Right. So if I, Baby you know, steps. a marathon was, mm, I think I can do it, fine, we'll add eight kilometers. So it, it, it had to scare me. So Interesting. Yeah. So I always wanted it to stay. It had to. Yeah. Mm, yeah. That's when you, you have the challenge and you're motivated to put some effort and resources. Yeah. To, to overcome it. Because if I don't, I didn't know if I could do it. So I need, that's when I start to work my mindset. Because when you're doing something you don't believe you can, that's when you have to really step up mentally as well. Mm. Well, for me. 
So, so you you like involved some friends? Yeah. With so this goal, we'd go running in the in the forest together, following single tracks in the Blue Mountains of Australia, mm -hmm. and um, it was interesting because back then I had asthma, and people could hear me, you know, three three houses away coming because I sounded like a steam train. <laughs> um, can you do a steam train? Pardon? Can you do it? <laughs> I can. I do well, yeah. <laughs> So, so yeah, so it was just, it was just, it was just great to have friends, and they carried on just running, and I obviously added swimming and cycling to it, but just, just getting out and knowing those people there, and again, it's the accountability, especially the morning or the evening when you, whatever, whatever's the weak spot, knowing you've got two people waiting for you at half past five. It helps a lot. You, you go there mm -hmm. sometimes for them, sometimes for you, but always we all achieve together. Right, I mean, I, I remember, I, it was not as ambitious as you, but uh, I wanted to do some sport and before I was like a real geek, like on my computer all the time, no sport at all. And I was like, it would be awesome to do some workout, but you know how it goes. I go to the gym, I take like a three month subscription and I go two times, you know, mm. typical story. So I was like, how can I, I can motivate myself to go at least once a week? And uh, I just found the hack, which was... was to, to tell a friend, hey, let's go to the gym every Sunday together. And it created some, uh, by magic, like motivation from, from thin air. Because we were like uh, at our own, separate, like, and we were like, oh, I'm not motivated, oh, I don't want to go, but I cannot call my friend and tell him I'm just dropping him, you know? It's not cool, you know, so let's go. And what is so ironic is he's thinking the same thing at the same time, you know? Yeah. He's like not motivated, but the only fact that you have this meeting together, it creates some motivation, external motivation, and you're like, okay, let's go. And, and then you're very happy to have done it. Yeah. So it's, it, it's something you can also use. And even though you don't have maybe this ambitious goal just for like daily stuff like I did, to go every Sunday, it works too. But it's amazing to see it also work when you want to be a worldwide champion. That's cool. So it, it was your first step to do an ultramarathon, so you did it? Yeah. How, how many months after you started to, to train again? Um, well, so I started training, well, it took me about 12 months, should we say, to get to an ultramarathon, mm -hmm. from nothing to, to 50, ease, yeah, to, to 50 kilometers, yes. And so that was in June, I'm just thinking of my dates. In October was my first long triathlon. So July, August, four months. Four months. Yeah. Wow. So yeah. So it's like you took almost one. You, know, you took one year to do the ultramarathon, and then it was very fast between it and the triathlon. Was it because you felt you were ready? Yeah. It's. It was my mindset because I cre we cre we create the life we live in. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the most powerful tool we have is words. And so when I said, "Oh, I need a year to train," do you know what I I needed? A year to train. So when I said, I'm ready today, I'll do it, I only needed to wait till the next triathlon date. So it was 14 months after. Yeah. All right. So fast forward to it. To, so the world champ, so I qualified for, to compete for Australia. As you know, I'm Australian as well. Mm -hmm. And it was in China. I was completely unknown. I arrive in China. I, I was so unknown that I didn't actually have the official T-shirt for Australia. So <laughs> okay. I was in this, you know, little white top I was wearing, and everyone else was in their kit. Mm -hmm. And it's a it's um, a weird distances. So it's four kilometers swimming, 
and I always get out around half. So I knew that you know people have left because the bicycles have gone, so half the bicycles had already left. And we had 120 kilometres of cycling and a really intense sun and very humid conditions, about 70% mm. humidity, 30, 30 degrees centigrade temperatures. And I just loved it. The Chinese drums were out. My parents had flown to China as well. Mm. And from the UK? From the UK, wow. yeah. Wow. And when I got off the bike, I knew I was getting, in, there was about at least six or seven girls ahead of me. Wow. And so I just started to run and I was high-fiving the kids. I was waving at my parents. I was just loving it because what I said beforehand, before we started, everyone was being asked, how are you? And everyone's excuses were coming out. Oh, my ankle hurts. You know, I might not have a good day today or what do you want to be? And they were like, oh, top 10. I'd be really happy top 10. And I was one of the last they asked. And I said, well, she wants to be top 10. She said podium, Third, she'd be happy with a medal. I said, no one said first. I said, well, you know. It will be me, thank I, you. I think that's what I have to take because no one else has said it. <laughs> this is also. <laughs> and so, so I just And you ran. think it was a factor for your winning, right? I that think, again, it's released the, released the pressure. Mm. I didn't care where I came, but I just wanted to do my best. How did you react when you said that? When they said that? No, they said, when you th said, I, won't, I, I will be the first. I just, it was, it was so strange. It was just what's so. Mm. It was, there was no, mm, I'm going to force this. And there was no, oh, it was natural. It was just, you know, I have blue eyes and I'm going to be first. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, no, no particular reason. You just want it. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so, so swimming and cycling, you are a little behind. Yeah. So you said 60 people in front of you. Six. Ah, six? Six people. Okay, so not too bad, not too yeah. bad. So you start to run and to high-five child? Yeah, just the <laughs> mum and dad were saying, stop, you know, stop being so friendly. You've got to be competitive. And I went, why? You know, I, I want to enjoy today as the moment now as well as when I cross the finishing line. So, so how did you uh, bypass the six people in front of you? So it was multiple laps mm -hmm. um, and there's a big hill in the middle. And I love hills. I, I trained a lot in the mountains. Oh, so it was your advantage. Yeah. Oh. So I used to wait. It's a bit strategy now. So I used to wait behind some... If I saw some girls, I would sprint up the top of the hill and then wave at the top. Because again, it's the mindset. So you, those, you wanted them to, to exhaust themselves by, by running... Oh, or it, it's, interesting. Yeah, it's... For me, it was a way of saying... You know, they're already tired up the hill. If I'm looking like I'm enjoying the uphills so much, their minds might be questioning if they could even catch me. So I knew that if I got to the top of that hill first, the probability is they wouldn't, they wouldn't try and catch me. Awesome. So it was just... That's very sure. smart. Yeah. It reminds me of uh, what Schwarzenegger does, uh, did for his competition. Like he was used to, you know, uh, provo provoke, you know, provocate. Provoke, uh, yeah. yeah, provoke a little bit his competitors before the competition, so they were a little bit more nervous, mm. and you know this kind of stuff. So it's like uh, <laughs> yeah, but I did it nicely. Yeah, <laughs> but it's the same it's, result. It's, it's fair. Yeah. I mean, it's like yeah. a competition. So yeah, yeah. Hello, girl. Oh, yeah. will you catch me? <laughs> yes. Yeah, like, are you having fun too? And, oh, really? <laughs> awesome. Okay. Yeah. And so just like that, slowly you well, were I, the first. I crossed the line. 
and I didn't know. Oh, you didn't know we were the first? Um, so we all go to a, compa a compound for the, you know, after the event. Mm -hmm. No Chinese would let me out. And then after half an hour, they, they call me to the podium and I find out then I'm first. Woohoo! Congrats! So How do you feel about that? Oh, it was ama amazing. Amazing. How, how many people did compete? Um, I'm not sure actually. I think they were triple digits, but I don't know what. Like 100 or? Yeah, like it, it, they weren't massive amounts, but it was, a couple, it was the best of each country. Wow. So it was uh, amazing. Well, there was about 1,500 in the whole competition, but for my age group, maybe 100, maybe 150. And so in which respect, what is the biggest thing you did that allowed you to, to have this success? Routine. Routine. So you were training every day? It was, yes, I was. Every, every day? Every day. Okay, okay. But it was, you know, I also had the work, I had, you know, a social life that I created. I call them bookend routines. That what, whenever my day started, even if it was late or early, I always did the same routine. So I always ate the same food, as we talked earlier. I always did Qigong, which is a sort of my type of meditation. So movements to wake me up energetically mm -hmm. and give me 20 minutes to process my brain. And um, I always did that at the beginning. And for the night, it was like always the same routine. So no electricals in my bedroom. I had an old school alarm clock and the phone was always out half an hour before, no, no stimulation through screens. I didn't own a television, but computer, etc. And drank more water, so... No alcohol? No alcohol. No at all? Not at all? After the party, yes. Okay. <laughs> but a week after every event, I just let my... I did what I wanted. I didn't... If I didn't want to drink, brilliant. If I wanted to go out with girlfriends and celebrate, I did. So, yeah, there was, there was built-in freedom, but everything was structured. Once a week, I'd cook all my meals for the week. Once a month, I'd cook all my training food and freeze it in portions. So my life was super structured. And it sounds very controlling, but in that, I had so much freedom. Because when I wasn't, I just had so much more time. So I had never had a story of no time. Awesome. So it was just the routine that created that life. And that could be for anything now. So I'm not training now, but I'm using that to build my business, right? You know, it's something create... you have for life now. You know, it yeah, works exactly. It doesn't mean it's not like uh, difficult, or you don't have to put to put some work. But you know, you have this structure that works. Yeah, that's awesome. And it's like it, it's also connected to this method of uh, putting big rocks first in your schedule, so you can achieve things. I'm, I'm sure you heard of the story of uh, you know you, you take these uh, these for example, and you put big rocks on it. And then you put uh, like small rocks, and then you put sand, and then you put water, and at the end it's filled with uh, everything. But if you begin with the sand or the water, you cannot put big, big rocks, right? Yeah. And it's a good analogy for what you, you have to do in your schedule to uh, accomplish things. Mm. Because if you start your day by doing Facebook and Instagram and this kind of stuff, you don't have time for anything, right? Yeah. And yeah, yeah. so that's a good example of an uh, amazing success you have with mm. this method. So you become uh, you become a worldwide champion. So how do you? So you, you felt amazing, but so I mean, for example, when I accomplished some of the goals I was dreaming of, 
it's amazing for a while. But after, I mean, me, for example, I felt sometimes a bit empty because I was like, okay, that's what I dreamed, for example, for two years or for 14 months. So now what's, what's next? Did you feel yeah. that too? A little bit, yeah. Um, for me, I love new things. So to do the same thing every year would have, be, would have emotionally tired me out. So you wanted new challenges? Yeah. So, so what was your next challenge? Well, then I'd still completed tracks. So the following year I competed in five world championships. I didn't win them, but uh, it was amazing to travel the world through triathlon and I sold my business in Australia. And I started to look at my life and go, well... So you, had, you were like completely free yeah, when you did yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I just looked at my life and said, you've achieved this, you can prove you can do it. So what, imagine how you can inspire other people, but not just doing talks where people clap you and go, oh wow, you're amazing, or that was really interesting and leave. How can you give, like plant the seed almost, or water the seed that's in them? So that's why I created this 24-hour world record challenge for me, because I knew... How long it was after you, you won the championship? So I was world champion in 2014. This was completed 2016. Okay, so, so two years. So, yeah. I mean, you didn't wait too long. No, no. <laughs> you were like, okay, so you set up this goal. So how did you find this goal first? I was I was researching what world records existed. Ah, okay, okay. And there's a man one, but not a woman one. And mm. I thought, well, we can't have that, can we? So I'll, I applied to Guinness and asked if I could do it, and they said yes. And the reason I chose that is I I had no question I could do it physically. Mm -hmm. I doubted if I could survive it for 24 hours because I, I, albeit I didn't sleep a lot, I I value a lot sleep. Mm. So for 24 hours, I was like, oh gosh, how will I cope emotionally? And I also knew I needed a team around me. Mm. And that is my weakness. Because to tr trust other people, I had to entrust my friends to tell me when I needed to break, other people to monitor the machinery, someone else to live stream, in it, stream it, someone else to help me with nutrition. Because when you do sport, you don't feel hungry, mm -hmm. but you still have to eat. So somebody else, so I had to trust and interest a lot of people and that would have, that really elevated my life. Mm. So they were all part because of you, it. Like most entrepreneurs, you like to control things and yeah, yeah. it's difficult for you to uh, delegate. Right? And let go, yeah. Yeah, and you, it helps you to let go of it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. So how long did you train for this challenge? Well, not long enough. Oh. So I trained for maybe five months. Don't forget I was building on a base of very, you know, I was very, already very fit. Right. So maybe five months. But you didn't do it full time because you were also building a business in the UK, right? Well, I actually chose to take a job during that period. So I was working for a bank, one mm. of the big four UK banks, as a business coach and advisor to help startups scale up. Mm. But it was quite a high demanding time job, mm. emotionally stressful. I didn't cater that into my training. So to, to, to train was becoming a challenge because I was also traveling a lot in the whole of the UK. So not very great planning from my part. But yeah, so I trained for about four or five months. And again, just overnight, in the morning, before work. Um, so did you do a full 24-hour sessions before? Oh, it was, sorry, it was the first time when you did for the Guinness I book. I only tra trained for eight hours. Oh, okay. Once. Which is still a lot, I mean. Yeah. 
I mean, I'm sure your ass is uh, like hurting after eight hours on the on the sledding yeah. bicycle, right? Yeah, I, <laughs> I can tell you a lot about lubrications as well. If <laughs> the okay. things you have to learn. <laughs> but so, uh, technically, like this 24 hours challenge, you don't spend 24 hours on the bike. You have some. You you're allowed to have some breaks, right? Yeah. So it's like yeah. every six hours. You can have as many as you want, but, but you... the time doesn't stop. But obviously your distance will reduce. Oh, okay, okay. So, okay, because you were the first woman to try that, but you wanted to beat the record of the men? Uh, no, I just wanted a, to... To set to up do, the highest Yeah, I just wanted distance. to do it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, but so you said not enough, so it means you're not happy with the result you got? Well, no, I just know that I could... I, what was missing was exactly that, planning it. Mm. So with all this traveling with work and... I, I actually didn't have an apartment either, so I was living in three or four different locations. It was my routine was missing, mm. so I was I was too much in my head planning things. So I actually proved I actually proved what I should have been listening to myself again. So that was what was missing. But uh, I'm I'm very I loved it. I really enjoyed it. So how was the 24 hours? I remember you uh, broadcast it live on Facebook. Yeah, it, it was amazing to see people commenting and uh, so okay. So tell us about this day. So I, I chose to do it at a festival. So I was put in a hallway next to the toilet, like really <laughs> shoved in the corner. Where was it in London? It was in London, yeah, okay. in Olympia, and um, nobody. There were some people coming along, and they were saying, "Oh, how long? Are you, when are you going to stop?" I said, "This time tomorrow," and so there was a lot of disbelief. Um, but what was amazing was by the end of it, there was over 300 people to Watching watch the end. Watching around you. Yeah, all down the hallway, all in the corridors. Awesome. And people were sending in photographs of their children from Australia, from America, from Sweden. People were calling in day and night to say, you've inspired me. I'm now on my bike or even, you know, my son was afraid to, to try on his bicycle. He's six. He's picked his bike up and he's cycling in the garden. Hmm. And to see the whole world just sort of awaken and again, put it, take their dream and bring it to life. It was really, really amazing. Because that year I chose not to do any speaking because I just stand up and go, watch me and then do it yourself. Like I'm not going to talk anymore. You've got enough knowledge. Just spend this hour not listening to me, but doing what you want to do. Awesome. And it's like, I see it's like a big inspiration for you. And I mean, for a lot of people, when you see you inspire others and you help them to, you know, overcome their own fears and become a better version of themselves. Yeah, it it's, was amazing. Yeah, I, we see like the light in your eyes right now. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's amazing. So, okay. So and how many people did uh, follow you on uh, Facebook? Do you know? Oh gosh, I can't remember. For no? that moment, I think, you know, 10,000 people were watching it live. And the video is still online, right? Uh, yes. Did you yeah. put a, a, an extract on your YouTube channel? I will. Oh, you will. Okay. We'll talk about your YouTube channel next. Okay. So you were happy with this. So how, how far did you go? How many kilometers? Um, guess. I don't know. I have no idea. Okay. Wait, if you are on the average 20 kilometers per hour, but maybe it was a bit more. Okay. Let's say 20. For 24 hours, it means uh, you're not supposed to do math on camera, okay? It's, it can be embarrassing. I'll tell you. It's yeah. very, very close. Okay. 454 kilometers. So it's close to 20, yeah, yeah, yeah. 20 kilometers yeah. per hour on average. Yeah. Okay. And did someone try to, to beat that since then? Or not? I don't think so, no. Oh, so you're still the... I will always be the world's first. holder. 
Yeah, yeah. right. So you, you're in the Guinness book right now? No. Oh, why? Um, Guinness actually said that I, they needed to cycle 800 kilometers. So I could have chosen... 800? So it's, it's very technical. It's, it's, um, so I could have chosen a bicycle with a really big wheel. So if I do it one wheel, it would cover a big distance. Mm. I chose a bike that was calibrated to me. Because mm. then if someone else does it who is lighter than me or larger than me or have, you know, it was all calibrated to the person. So I chose to not have the record and to actually do it so other people can compare rather than just get the record. Okay. So, so but, but so, yeah. were you happy with the results? Amazed. 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 I finished it. 24 hours. Wow. It was absolutely... That's something. Yeah. For how many hours did you sleep after that? Oh, not a lot. So really? I was, um, <laughs> not, yeah, maybe seven hours. Okay. I was back at work. No, for, for you, it's like a, a, a full, like a two <laughs> nights in a row almost. Yeah. Well, the energy for the whole week. But usually, do, do, you, do you sleep four hours a, a night? Or? No, I sleep more now. Okay, like six? Yes, you, yeah, six to eight. But you're not a, yeah. a, like a big sleeper? No. Yeah, okay. No. All right. So, what did you do uh, another challenge? Since, uh, since then? Or? Since then, no. no. So what is your next challenge? Everyone is like wondering, what should we do next? Well, it's, it's about balance now. So, so back then I, did, I, I was single, now I have a partner, I'm, I have a stepson as well. Mm -hmm. uh, it's about sort of creating roots. So I, like the, the strongest tree has the biggest roots. Mm. And it's amazing to float around like a cloud, but now it's about foundational growth. Mm. So I'm really building a lot of roots. I want to create similar to you, a business which works for everyone to inspire them and, and to actually unpack my life so other people can use it for their lives too and achieve what they want in their lives. And from that, I'm talking with charities. So mm -hmm. I do charity work for one company. We support refugee women in Jordan. Mm. So we supply them uh, machines and they make sanitary pads and nappies for mm. the females. And it actually is now reducing sexual attacks in this camp hmm. so to be a part of that is amazing and we're talking about bringing it to the UK for homeless people hmm. so again it's about giving back to maybe communities that are overlooked or they have a very a big mindset that they can't or they haven't the resources it's to to help them that way so it's amazing it's, it's still about giving value to people but with not, without the sport now it's like yeah. more tailored for like uh, people in need yeah interesting there is another charity that I'm just starting talking with that is very sporty. So they climb Everest or they cycle east coast to west coast of America. To raise awareness for causes? Um, to bring teamship into, into companies so mm. that you have to work together and work, you know, work as a unit and respect every, every position. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of leadership experience in that. And also, yeah, is to raise money for charity. So... Um, but we're talking about bringing me in to help create the systems for the courses so people can get professional certification from, from what they achieve as a leader in that course, but through cycling or hiking Everest. So that would bring my sport in as well as my brain. So I'm so quite excited. So will you climb Everest soon? Or? Um, it's not on my list. <laughs> okay. I don't like the cold. Oh, yeah. so, uh, yeah. But you're a mountain girl. Yeah, I like I like the warm. 
I like the warm. Okay, you like warm mountains. Yes, exactly. So only in Australia, right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe in South America, if it's yeah. not too high. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you, uh, Kate. I think we had like a very uh, interesting view of your, uh, like what, what you did and uh, also what you use, like what strategies and methods you use to, to achieve success. So uh, to finish this interview, do you have like a, a tip you can share with people like people who watch this entire interview, it's pretty long, so I think people who are still watching that are super motivated and say like, yeah, okay, I want to do something amazing too. What would be your advice for them to start? Just start. It sounds that simple. Believe you can, anything that doesn't, and be, be very mindful of the words you use. So only give yourself empowering words. There's nothing that can stop you. Like the bicycle that I won my world championship on cost me 500 US dollars on eBay. Wow. So it's you know, not a big investment. It's nothing to do. Your life can be a shambles or super rich, but it's all in you. So just start and use words that empower you. Amazing. Okay. And so for people who want to know more about you, so you have a YouTube channel. I do. Um, all the links are on my website, which is katestrong.co. Okay. Uh, amazing. Thank you, Kate, for sharing everything. Merci. Uh, awesome. Merci. Well, 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 my intelligent rebels. Thank you for listening. You are still here, which means you are part of the 15%, the 10%, the 5%, maybe the 2% of people who manage to listen until the end. So you are part of the most motivated listeners. Thank you for this and congrats. Now, would you like to share the love about this podcast if you like it? If yes, feel free to leave a review on your favorite podcast platform like iTunes or Spotify. It will mean the world for me because it will motivate me to continue to create content to help you create your own adventure in life. And it will help spread the word and reach more intelligent rebels and help them also create their own adventure in life. Thank you in advance if you do it and see you soon. Bye-bye.